Welcome to the Robert Dowd Show podcast. I'm your host, Robert Dowd, where we talk life, philosophy, and basically everything that's on our mind for the week, whatever we can come up with. Um, Shouts out to some new listeners we have. We got a good episode coming up for you, by the way. We have some of our demographic from Kenya. So welcome from Kenya. Uh, Whatever brings you here, I hope you get to stay, and I'm going to have to start learning a little bit more about your culture just to kind of you know, have some more stuff to talk about. That's pretty cool that we have people listening from all the way over there. What a blessing. Um, another thing, we are up to, I think, like 32 steady listeners now, which I'm so, so proud about. I think that uh, is a similar number to last week, but, man, that's amazing that 32 people drop in and out throughout the week just to see what's going on and um, and hang out. If you stopped by and you clicked, I always consider you my friend. Thanks for uh, all your love and support and everything. Um, I saw Michael's mom even dropped a comment on, uh, not this last episode, but the episode before that. Uh, Thanks, uh, Michael's mom. I I saw you out there. We were talking about uh, belief versus uh, what can be treated through modern disease cure method I'm, I'm really butchering that we were talking about belief and holistic medicine yeah that's what it was and uh, how doctors and big pharma are taking advantage of the fact that people who come in to the doctor's office often were seen a little bit more as customers instead of as patients and instead of a well educated professional doing a breakdown of what's going on with your body and how to help it heal and help it through its healing process instead of doing that we're seeing a little bit more as getting another dollar out of a person and uh it looks like uh michael's mom out there she was going through that same thing with a degenerative disc disorder which i've i wouldn't wish that on anybody that that stuff's harsh, but as we get older, we all have an appointment with stuff like that. And a big thing is perspective, how how we look at things and um, how we maintain positivity even through the rough times. And things are going to get rough for everybody and things are going to get better. There's always the ups and downs, but I've done a few episodes uh, regarding topics like that. But this episode, I wanted to talk about something unique that I believe I haven't really gotten into. I brush on it because we battle with empathy, but I wanted to talk about making your who you would see in your perspective as enemies into friends. And I was going to highlight a couple times that I've I've been through where things kind of hit the fan and things that I didn't handle all that well and how I've got cats in the background saying hi. Uh, how I got to handle those situations and how I messed up because typically how I learn is I mess up. <laughs> what I, what not to do, you learn from me. One time, no joke, I had gasoline in my eyes. I'm going to f- drop this story in there real quick because this, this story is crazy. So one time I had gasoline in my eyes and you're probably wondering, Robert, how the hell did you manage that? So what happened was (laughs) uh, I was outside and for some reason I was putting gas in mom's car. I can't remember why. It must have been running low. Maybe I was planning on taking it somewhere. Maybe I had taken it somewhere. But I was pouring out of one of those red cans, the canisters that you pick up with the screw on top. And I put too much pressure on the can as I was pouring it. So I'm, I'm pouring it and I had to be, you know, a teenager at the time. And uh, as I'm pouring it, that screw-on cap came off because I was putting too much pressure on it. Instead of lifting from the bottom of the can, uh, you, you know. Oh my gosh. The gasoline spews out of the cap and into my eyes. So, I'm immediately getting the burn of gasoline in my eyes, right? I rush inside through the back door of my childhood home and... I go straight to the kitchen sink and I'm rinsing my eyes and mom comes up behind me. God rest her soul. She she comes up behind me and she says, you were siphoning fuel, weren't you? And 
I was so caught up in my eyes burning and trying to make that feeling of my eyes burning go away that I told her, I was like, mm-hmm, like, any, whatever you say, yes, just, you know, make it stop. And she, to add insult to injury, she goes, well, you deserve this, is what she talks about. That's what you get for siphoning fuel, is what she tells me. And she thinks siphoning, just in case you didn't know, siphoning is when in the South we're all accustomed to all these terms. I don't know if uh, you guys know about this, but I assume you do, but I will explain it uh, in a short tail way. It's when you're sucking fuel through a garden hose, people trying to get fuel from old cars and stuff into other cars, maybe cars that won't run and they're trying to get what's left out of the tank, they'll siphon the gas from the tank through a garden hose is usually the the method. And people doing stuff they shouldn't be doing with fuel also do that. But she thought I was doing something that I shouldn't have been doing. And, uh, oh boy, did she let me hear about it. Next thing you know, I'm, I'm stripped. I've, I've, I've stripped. I've made it to the bathroom because I'm getting this gasoline off of me and anything covered in gasoline. I've made it into the bathtub and I'm rinsing my eyes out. And I've always had a sensitivity. This story will tie into the next story. Thank God. And, um, so I'm, I'm, here I am, you know, how God made me in the bathtub. I'm rinsing my eyes out. And as I'm rinsing my eyes out, mom's still talking to me and uh dad got it dad had actually checked the crime scene he walked outside and checked to see you know kind of looked around and was kind of picking up the pieces because dad's really intelligent like that he he'll uh, he'll look around and he can put two and two together he put two and two together what had happened and uh mom is like you know you know what could have happened to you you know like going off on her tangent and i start laughing and uh she goes, you know, it's not funny. You could have went blind. And that's that's kind of the end of that story that uh, the nervous laughter through, you know, hardships and stuff like that, that followed me into a, a situation that put me in a real pinch with someone who could not have been, could, could have been perceived as an enemy at the time. And I'm going to go through the whole story. But so I'm at one of my old jobs, this last job, not, not the job before that, but the last job. And... It was right when we had started COVID procedures of handling things, how people weren't allowed to handle things in person and stuff like that. We had shut people out of the lobby at at what I used to do. And there was a guy coming to pick up, and he was going to lose it. What I didn't know at the time is the type of hard day that this guy was having. He was really going through it. And... I start to kind of lose it at this, you know, this guy laughing because I, I didn't, I didn't even have to say anything. He's just beating on the glass trying to get in, and he was handling himself kind of. It was very Neanderthal ma- mannered, and it cued my response to just laugh it off. And I, I had learned to laugh everything off. In some situations, you can't do that. If you ask the old me, hey. I might have would have told you if something's going on wrong, just laugh it off. I mean, because, you know, laughing's better than crying, but you can't always laugh. Some situations you can. Sometimes this will get you in a real pinch, and this is one of those times. So the guy continues to lose it, and he is, I mean, really losing it. And uh, my boss comes up and kind of diffuses the situation. I explain what's going on. Hey, this guy's losing it, and I'm just laughing at the guy. Of course, I get wrote up. And he's asking me to sign things. I don't, I don't, yeah, that's not me. I'm not going to go, I'm not signing shit. That's, that's always my take on it. I'm not signing this. If it's a write-up, yeah, whatever. If it's this, it's that. I don't, I don't sign stuff unless it's right after the application process and I'm getting the job or something. And um, after this guy losing it, you know, he shows his tail and then uh, gets to leave after, you know, the guy takes care of him. But the boss kind of put it on my heart, you know, I probably should apologize to that guy. And that brings me to my next topic. That these are, this is a hill that some people die on and you have to be really humble to hear this message. Very humble. And if you haven't, if you're not humble, something in life will happen to you to humble you. It's, it's rough. 
I mean, things things can happen and change, but the what happens on the other side of this hill if you don't die on it is really great. Let me get a drink of my coffee here. So, back to this story. We're talking about the aftermath of this guy losing it in front of the window and me laughing at him. And I'm highlighting moments of weakness, remaining transparent, because what we all have to know is no one's perfect. Everyone is doing things where they're messing up. It happens all the time. The difference between uh, me and maybe someone else is I'm going to shine a light on that in the room and say, hey, that was a weakness and a moment of weakness, and I handled this completely wrong. So I had to go to this guy and apologize. So he pulls up on the back dock. He's there to pick up product or something, and I'm going to take advantage of the fact that he's there due to that talk that someone had with me that I actually took to heart. I didn't care about the write-up. As far as, you know, all that, they could, you know, kiss my rear end. I didn't care in the slightest. The other part of it was I could have been morally in the wrong. That's the part I cared about, and I didn't want to be... I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't rest knowing that, that I had done that and possibly had hurt him. I go out there to talk to this guy and he's already kind of looking at the ground and, you know, I guess I, I kind of match his body language a little bit and he kind of knew what I had coming. He stole the air from me and did what you would not think that he was going to do. He apologized to me. That's big. He actually dropped that in and just started apologizing and uh, for his behavior. And I didn't expect that. I didn't expect somebody to put their best foot forward. And he did. And I carried out with what I was going to carry out with anyway, which was apologizing to him because I didn't know what he was going through. And I had to kind of put that on the table. He's a serious guy. He wanted to be taken seriously. And that's his take on how a social interaction should go. We can't, you can't always laugh everything off because how people pertain, like how that laugh pertains to them in that moment, it can be insulting. Even a laugh. I'm not even going out of my way to call someone names or something. He's just feeling that type of way. So I went ahead and, you know, said my apology. And we shook hands like men. And it's crazy, I think I talked about this um, in another podcast where we talked about tribes of, of men being part of the herd and how after a fight you can become tighter. This was one of those situations. What highlighted this was someone around me had a complaint on them and it was something dark, you know. She, she had, the, she had a, a card pulled on her that you shouldn't pull in social interactions and it was because she didn't want to wait her turn and she was putting in a complaint and this is basic retail environment and it's always best to put your foot forward this has happened around me twice to people this week and them kind of tell me about it in passing that hey this this guy didn't you know like the way um I was taking orders, so he started he started to buck me, and someone pulls the name calling out, and that was a big thing professionally a while back. It's it's been almost a decade now, but I had a, a supervisor that fell down to that to that realm of calling me names in the professional environment, and at that point, it's best to just walk away. Don't don't. Uh, add fuel to the fire you can say the truth and say hey look I would come to you and say here's what's going on here and that's always gotten me farther I don't know about you I would hope that it's gotten you farther too and that you haven't stooped down to the level because once you stoop down to this level you can't you can't come back once you go to the name calling it's things digress into a childlike environment and when you're in I keep talking about in professional areas because we're in capitalist America. Shout out to Kenya. I, I don't know how you... I don't know the main culture around there. I, I imagine f- things are crazy different. But, yeah, here here in uh, 
in America, a lot of our lives reside around these professional situations, keeping them professional and not going over the edge and going into name calling and uh, things that we shouldn't do. But I brought it to his attention, hey, I'm not going to call you names. I'm not going to stoop down to that. You want to call me names and uh, insult me like this, blah, blah, blah. And at that point, you're not in the wrong if you just walk. You're not in the wrong. Hopefully you have a witness there, but sometimes those people also aren't going to go back and apologize, which I've seen before. This is going to piggyback into our next topic here. Uh, in a little while um, that I want to hit on. There's obviously a lot of stuff go, going on uh, around uh, me and f- probably around you too. There's always something keeping the mind busy and uh, keeping us on our toes, keeping us ready for whatever comes next and growing us in- as individuals so that we can continue on into different situations and become hopefully successful. I wanted to bring up another instance, and this was in college. I used to work in a kitchen environment, and me and a guy got into it in a really hardcore fight. And It's back in the time when I used to be a weed-smoking hippie, and at the time he was a military man. Um, I, I, I can't remember which branch, but he, he was a brass tax individual, and we had been taking things entirely different. And I can't remember if someone was in charge and the other person was supposed to be in charge of something, but we ended up bumping heads. And our teacher had to come to us and say, hey, look, you know, if I have this problem with you again, I'm kicking you out of the kitchen, both of you. It doesn't matter if one of you's fighting and the other one's not, you know. And we apologized like men, and we ended up becoming tighter because of it. This guy from the window, we're going to come back to him now. When this would come back later, eventually he became someone who only wanted to deal with me because I handled him in such a way I had learned what to do and what not to do. And not just that, but I gave extra time into making sure what he needed done was done super correct, just going out of my way. And people thought I was special for being the only one to deal with him, but they didn't know that First, I had messed up. This kind of happened recently. This isn't... um, (laughs) I say this all the time. The problems never change. The faces always change. You're going to have the same problems in your backyard, wherever you are now. And if you go across, you know, the continent that you're on, it's the same problem. You just switch faces. If you can't solve the problems in your backyard, you won't be able to solve the problems over there. That's something that's never led me wrong. And it's always been true. Sometimes you do need a change of scenery to kind of drive home the fact that you're different, though. Sometimes when you're different, you have to have that change of scene so that you don't fall into the same rhythms of repetition if they're negative in your life. Um, I always refer to addictions because addictions are very strong. I feel like everything's an addiction now. I mean, you can play a cell phone game and get addicted now. It's drugs aren't always coming in syringes anymore. They're the the dosages and ways of getting them are morphing around and anything nearby it can be so good that you don't enjoy it in moderation and moderation's always key as long as you're not doing something negative. Back to this guy in the window. There came a time later after that where we had lost someone, and I've, I've referred to him. As I, I just went to the funeral a few weeks ago. I referred to him and um, what a decent guy he was and the type of guy to... Something about the older generation and the don't give a crap that they had... And it's not it's almost not that they don't give a crap. It's the fact that they had a little bit more of a carefree attitude than what goes on now. Because what goes on now, odds are your job is it's not uncommon for them to be GPS tracking you from point A to point B to point C to point D. Whereas the older generation, uh, shouts out you guys, 
if you had a flat tire on the way to work and you couldn't make it to a payphone, all of a sudden you're off the map. And maybe someone will find out you're there. Maybe they won't. But from what I heard talking to people of older generations uh, than mine, because I'm, I'm right, I'm just young enough that I can get down with the kids in the lingo and enjoy Donald Trump deep fake AI edits of them playing video games and just old enough that I've got the people before me that I can steal a little advice from them. They always tell me that the way things used to be is if someone saw you on the side of the road, they were more apt to stop and help you. And I get that gut wrench feeling sometimes to stop and help someone, but also the world's just not the same. I mean, if you don't have a ride to work, you can get on Uber and figure it out, you know? You don't have to not show up to uh, whatever you were obligated to do. But everybody's situation is different, and every city's different. Not not everywhere has Uber ready to go. Some, sometimes you're out in the boonies. I'm going to keep leaving this window guy behind because I get carried away talking to you guys, and thanks for showing up. Thanks for clicking. Thanks for always subscribing, sharing, and... uh. Shouts out to the people who comment like Michael's mom. If I go to this funeral and I'm waiting on a friend of mine to show up because you got to think I'm going somewhere where I'm not related to this guy. I just know him from having conversations with him in passing and him being a super nice guy. I show up and little do I know this guy had his uh, company name on his tag on his caddy when he pulled up. Same guy from the window. And I'm nervous, so I'm staying in the car waiting on my buddy to show up. And I decide to get out and greet this guy in the caddy. And I, you know, say hey to him and say, is that who I think it is? And I walk up to him and he's super nice to me, recognizes me off the bat because how could we have forget after all we had been through? And he ends up being the spear that kind of gets me in the social spear that gets me in that funeral home that gets me out of my uncomfortable fit that I'm in because I'm walking in around people that I don't know and that's probably things that if you work in the funeral industry God forgive me for this being a topic and it being um, if you believe in God or if you don't believe in God I, I feel bad for this being a topic because it can be so negative but I feel like the joy of having a tie when you did something right where maybe you apologize even if you felt like you weren't in the wrong can do wonders for you you could end up making a friend that you never thought you would have and you'll always keep in your head that that one thing happened but you think you can't get past it but you can and Almost every bond like that can be continued. There are some bond-breaking things that happen in relationships. Uh, you know, whether it be romantic, whether it be platonic, anything. Uh, that's going to bring us up to our next topic here uh, after the clip. We're going to wait till the clip before we jump into that next topic. But he becomes the social spear of that funeral home and dives in and starts introducing me to people and it turns out he had knew more people he was a little bit more social he's he's a good bit older than me too he probably has me by at least 25 or 30 years and the guy's still up getting it and I've helped him through a lot and he introduced me as uh something heavy he, he introduced me as his rock that's what he called me and uh, that symbolizes a lot. When you think a rock, you think a foundation. You think something that doesn't move and something stoic. And how he had perceived me after the event of laughing at him in front of a window and the full circle change to becoming someone he introduced as his rock. That's, that's very heavy. And I humbly accepted that and uh, decided to reflect on it. That's a lot. That's a lot to take right now. That's a lot to dump on you, too. I think this would be a good time for an intermission. And uh, I'll back up, regroup for this next point that we're about to hit. Again, thanks for stopping by. 
I really enjoyed talking to you. I hope you're having a great week. If you're doing reps or sets or uh, just out for a walk and shooting the breeze, looking at the breeze and seeing how beautiful it is today. Hopefully the weather's gotten a little better where you are. Okay, thanks. Be right back. Welcome back to the Robert Dowd Show. I'm your host, Robert Dowd, and I can't wait to get into what we're about to get into next. I'm really excited about this. It's something that I've been dying to tell you guys about, and it's probably a tip that can really help you. The making enemies into your friends thing, that's that's a beautiful thing. Apologizing when you aren't wrong, that's a beautiful thing. But I want to really, really nail down something that I had a hard time with when I was a teenager, in my 20s, stuff like this. I realize like around us we have a lot of transactional compassion. Sometimes things can be a little bit transactional by nature, but it's not all bad. Like some of this stuff is good. You have an excuse to hang out with a friend, it's going out to get a bite to eat. There's a few different transactions happening. It's not just monetary, it's you're getting food, you know, Um, it's an excuse. Let me get a drink of my coffee. Two seconds. It's an excuse to, I've had enough coffee today to give a a, a young cow anaphylactic shock or something. So I apologize if I'm going too fast. Um, we're talking about transactional compassion. A lot of these situations where we have transactional compassion, they can be something that's just a matter of what comes with it. Uh, Someone happens to need something and you can help. And it's not always for gain, but when something's made out to be gain, it can be an excuse to hang out for a reason. But I want to nail down something, and I don't want to go too deep on a tangent because it's going to sound like I'm, I'm angry. But it's not angry. I just feel like it's more... I won't, I won't say justified aggression, but it's a level of self-respect that you get after a while and the new generation of people is getting it more now than ever when they're not being treated right and they understand how transactions work whether it be personal you know job whatever they understand how transactions work and when they when they see that they're getting the poo-poo into the deal they immediately opt themselves out of it They find a way to get themselves out. And there's something to learn from that. A big lesson to learn from that. I have had to work on that too. I've had to work on realizing when I'm caring about people that don't care about me. And that sounds very transactional. But you have to kind of put... thats You have to put some... You have to lay down some lines there. When you care about someone that doesn't care about you, I feel like there's something to note there. Something big. If you're always the one to initiate conversation, does this person really want to talk to you? Introspective thought. That's, I mean, it hits you. I mean, I I hate to point out the elephant in the room. If you're always the one to initiate a transaction of conversation, does this p- person really want to talk to you? It's not always like that. See, now, here I am, throwing myself outside of the boat of people. Because I told you guys, that's that's a thing. But I tend to be really busy, and uh, I always want to give of myself on the podcast. And you give of yourself listening to me, which I really appreciate. You've... You go out of your way to want a piece of me, and oh my gosh, what I love is getting getting that text at 10 o'clock at night that you listen to episode two or three telling me that, hey, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed spending time with you. That's, that's why I do it, so that uh, maybe while you're sleeping or uh, while you're, like I said, doing sets or you're running around doing something in the car, you happen to be riding and you pop me on, that... I can't tell you what that means to me just to have this ability to spend the time with you. All interactions are not transactional. And I can't say 
that all conversations are like that. Sometimes you're the only one hitting somebody up. I was talking to somebody about this the other day. My my grandma, he, he was telling me, you know, my grandma gives me a shout. You know who you are out there. My grandma will, uh, when I call my grandma, my grandma's mad because I don't call all the time. But I'm the only one who's calling and the phone works both ways. Boom. Like, younger generation f- dropping truth bomb. And me, I'm in the back seat going, okay, that's there's something to note there. There's something to unpack. What's being unpacked is the person being called saying, why don't you call more often? Well, hey, hold on a sec here. That's not how relationships work. If somebody, ooh, mm, I'm about to say some things that hurt. About to say some things that hurt. Not everything, not every epiphany that you have is for everyone. Sometimes it's just for you. I'll repeat it. I'll go in again. Not every epiphany that you have is for everyone. It's just for you. Some things that God tells you, a higher power tells you. Your inner morality, your your uh, little voice in your head tells you, sometimes it's not for everybody. Some things have to stick with you. Mm-mm-mm. Heavy. When I was the initial direction I was going was talking about, and this works in romantic ways, this works in platonic ways. If you're always the one initiating, maybe uh, mm, it hurts to say it because I've been in the situation before. It hurts to say it to someone and using my empathy bone. Maybe they don't care about you, and maybe that's a good reason to back up. And uh, and reevaluate priorities, but this doesn't. This isn't always applicable in every situation. Like, I have close members of my family that aren't really great at being social, and they don't reach out of their way to do it. But every now and then, they'll send you a YouTube song or something. They don't. They're not big at talking. I tend to initiate the conversation more. But and there's a lot of there's a lot to go along with this. One of the things is these people could not be thinking about you as much as you're thinking about them. And that's that's another one. What it boils down to is the whole self-respect thing. You can't go out of your way for somebody who doesn't go out of their way for you forever. You always want to love your enemies. That's how you turn your enemies into your friends. But your friends, you don't want to go out of your way for someone all the time because you know maybe that person's not they don't look at you the same way you look at them that's the soft-hearted way of uh, explaining it and I dealt with the giving compassion where it doesn't belong thing for a long time I've and you think it won't come out until one day and you happen to be buzzing and you you lay the truth out there. And it happens. Some people give up before you do. Or they don't have an end goal where you have one. And it, it, it words don't ever do emotions justice. They just don't. Because when you feel something and when you describe feeling it, it's always two different shades of, uh, of paper. One's, one's color, one's black and white. They're two different ways of being in general. But I've been on the short end of uh, giving compassion and uh, not getting that compassion in return, and, and it's tough. But I've had great conversations that weren't transactional and had a, an open line between two people where it can go both ways, where the phone works as a receiver and not as an an outgoing all the time and those relationships are heavily treasured when you get something you think you want to share like this podcast if uh, it makes you think of someone send it out let them uh, let them spend time with me for an hour and then highlight a topic that you really liked and talk to them about it on lunch 
or something. Talk to them about it when you get a free moment about how what you what you felt was just like this and you didn't know how to put it into words because I suffered from not having the articulation bone for a long time and eventually you just get tired of uh, sitting there and not pursuing your dream. Always pursue your art. Always pursue your dream. There are people who want to hear your voice. I promise. I promise that they do. People want to hear your voice and they want to hear you talk about what you want to talk about. I just happen to fall in the line of philosophy a lot of the time. A lot of this is the same stuff that people have been doing for a long, 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 long time. The same types of retrospection, introspection, and uh, outrospection. Is that even a word? Yeah. We're Now we're just making shit up. <laughs> but, yeah. You don't want to give too much of yourself away. You want to guard your heart a little bit. There's a line there, balance, that follows back into the line of moderation and not being addicted because also, as dark as it is, people can be addictive too. And you're probably well aware if if that touches your heart, you're probably well aware of what that is when a person themselves can be an addiction. And some people are I hate talking about some people, but because I feel like I'm putting them all in a box. You never want to put anyone in a box, but one can be aware that they are an addiction as well because there is that sort of thing that goes on where people are aware of what they're doing when they're taking advantage of someone and they know that they're one party knows the other party is addicted to them and then they can take advantage of that and it's not it's not always as negative and realistic as my input there's a there's a yin and yang to my black and white the white is that people use this in a positive way they know that you're addicted to them and they force you to get out of the house and go on walks more often and uh, force you to be a better version of yourself because they know you're going through trauma and they decide to pull you out of your brain instead of allowing you to be soaked in philosophy all the time, my own experience. They decide to take you out and bring you into the surface level of things that go on around you and they never dive in the water with you. They just decide, hey, I'm going to pull this guy out of the water. He's coming on the boat and he's going to notice everything else going on around him. He's not going to get soaked in his own head in solitary confinement where, you know, where dreams are made and nightmares also are created. Where that yin and yang, the, there's always the balance. Where there's, where there's evil, there's good. There's always going to be the balance. There's always going to be the people out there that realize your weaknesses and take advantage of them and realize your weaknesses and decide, hey, here's where we build a wall. This is, this is where we're going to make you stronger. But maybe not a wall, maybe a door so you can access that vulnerability more often uh, to regain empathy. You access your own vulnerabilities. You're more in touch with your own story. You can help somebody else with, with uh, theirs. No, you're not spreading your own agenda and mindset. You're just helping. You'll, we'll never all think the same. It'll always be different. That's what gives me the ability to know that sometimes that person on the other end of the line, when that outgoing is always an outgoing and it's never an incoming, maybe that person's line is blowing up a lot more than we think. Maybe, maybe, who knows? Maybe they're, uh, did you know 50% of people... I don't know where I heard this statistic. It may not even be true. Did you know 50% of people don't have an internal dialogue? I, I don't know where I heard that, and I don't know if it's accurate, but picture if it is. I was talking to somebody about that today. Oh, my goodness. To not have, and maybe that's contributable to Big Pharma and things going on with Big Pharma. and um Sobriety in and of itself is such an accomplishment. I mean, if you can get to that point, 
and you're there you're in your own head and can think your own thoughts and maintain some form of peace there without losing your cool major accomplishment big ups all the way the utmost respect to you place metal here you made it if even if it's only for a day if you've managed to be in your own head and can keep your cool there that's awesome yeah even even me i've a particular weakness and uh vulnerability that has been created for me that was not created as i have issues staying focused on whatever i'm doing like let's say it always happens to be media because it's a really we're a really content driven population now there's a lot of content going around and um that's i guess that's why i've went to sleep you know taking it in if i try to focus on certain forms of content like that sometimes i just can't focus and it has nothing to do with interest i think i think it's just that whole the pick up and play form of what's going on in society and maybe that's just in my own little bubble but it seems like it's going around because i mean you can play a little game when you go to the grocery store you just look around you with the person you're with and take count just keep count of how many people are looking at their cell phones and i'm probably going to be one of them i'm at least going to glance at the thing i'm not as bad in public i can kind of keep it in my pocket but you have the catch 22 there let's say something happens on the other end of that phone somebody needs you you want to have the phone on you but a lot of the time it's just the dopamine thing they're just they've got us on that that thing i can't it's hard to even get through a movie without checking your phone or something and seeing what's going on they branched us over when they put the computer in the hand i'm really really dreading when they try to put it in our heads in, in about I don't know what like 40 50 years something like that that's maybe what happens maybe it's going to progress society connecting nerves and things of that nature but on the other end they put Pokemon Go in my head somebody's going to be a broke boy <laughs> that's so funny it's terrible yeah but not to mention you don't want to be the one in the room seeing dragons that don't exist you know charizard and and walmart and you're you know you're freaking out trying to catch it and it's just in your head you've officially lost your mind <laughs> oh gosh okay well we'll lean on over into the weird corners i've been in now let me get a drink of this this coffee okay um, shout out Kenya for tuning in though. I'm still on that. I'm still on that. I've been watching a lot of stuff about UFOs. I don't know if we're going to go into that for an episode. If you believe in aliens, leave a comment. Seriously. Um, I've been watching a lot of these videos where they're, you know, debunking crafts and that's going on a lot in the news is people saying well we shot down a craft we don't know what it is and uh chinese hot air balloons and everybody's worried about that's that's the big thing that they try to soak you in with the news is nuclear they use that word a lot and you know people like talking about the next world war and when things like that are going to happen and I think everything's down to money so much now that I don't think I don't think that there will be as much bloodshed. I know that there already is bloodshed around the world, but maybe that's what everyone always thinks before the next large event that evolves involves bloodshed. Is they think there will not be any more bloodshed. And it's probably the last the last thought, like the last nail in the coffin before that kind of thing happens. But everything being economized and everyone having deals with everyone and everyone being in bed with everyone, what do they call it? Mutual assured destruction or a mad is what they call it. Is one of the reasons why 
I just learned about that this week. One of the reasons why, um, um, there's the um again. One of the reasons why we haven't attacked or been attacked as a nation. But who could really know what goes on in those boardrooms? And that's always the big thing. I'm never going to get political. I think for us to be the only sentient life in the universe would almost be selfish. Or not, not just selfish, but overconfident to think that out of the big, vast things of what's going on, and then you have the abilities with with trust and oh gosh I don't want to get dive off into this I always dive off to, into conspiracy land I, the moon landing you know you take what is it you take the black and white camera you think they televised something and they launched television signals from 350,000 miles away on the moon and you know you you think that they had the ability to do that at the time I was talking to somebody who seemed like they had a good head on their shoulders it was kind of bringing to light the idea well what if they really did do that thing that they said that they did moon landing and they did the TV thing at a different time to kind of reenact the fact that they did it understandable Just, they were right along the lines of when science fiction was happening totally get it that's a deep hole to fall off in and we'll never know the truth I can't ever assume to I'll always be the skeptic I can't ever assume to know the truth but they say like the show on YouTube the proof is out there you know the proof is probably out there but we we don't have enough deciding factors on either edge I'm gonna come back to the UFO thing at a different at a different day I wanted to kind of reside in the the piece of enlightenment that I had let you in uh, earlier, and it's game-changing. I mean, it's on the levels of that movie Office Space when he figures out not giving a shit about his job or telling his supervisors what he really thought, you know, ended up putting the guy up for promotion and making him realize, hey, this that's really been the solution to the game all along like we talk about in the past episodes where we talk about finding the answer sometimes the answer isn't within the question sometimes it's uh, painted outside the canvas and with some of these UFO things maybe that's the answer too if there's a question if it's not just meant to be purely observed if it's not cinematic Hollywood at it's best and everyone's faking or it's like that that thing where sailors who sail out on ships, the realism of, I saw this on a show, I didn't come up with this. I watch a lot of history and discovery. They were talking about how sirens in the ocean, when they used to think sirens were real, sailors used to talk about them in stories. They happened to be in the same realm of Let's say you're out on a boat, you're out of food, and you're out of water, and you're surrounded by water, and the water has a very high salt content, so it's dehydrating you. If you were to listen to your monkey brain and start drinking everything that's around you, you would start hallucinating. It's realistic. You, You probably would see and hear sirens, and probably in a group setting if you all were partaking of, uh, of what was going on at the time. If you all were drinking the Kool-Aid, then uh, you probably would hallucinate as a group. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know why that stuff fascinates me. It's the same thing with uh, Bigfoot. That, and that's a, a big topic. Dirt Arbors, it's on episode to unpack. I would love it if we had somebody on that we could interview uh, who has had their own experience with either an alien or Bigfoot or something. That, oh man, wouldn't that be awesome? Even if uh, even if we don't believe or we do believe or we're skeptic or we're on the side of it, a lot of these famous people have their own thing too. These 
and, and regular people have their own uh, experiences. I'll tell one quick story and then I'm going to get out of your hair because uh, it's going to be all the time we have for today. I was headed to work the other day and I saw a shooting star, but it went kind of like horizontal. And I had the thought in my head, I completely justified that it was a shooting star just off the jump because it happened within a blink. And if I had been anywhere else at that time last week when that happened, that I would have missed it. And there has to be a YouTube channel or something keeping up with every time that they see an anomaly. Like they just keep a camera in the sky. I'm sure it's like linked in with, you know, like Hubble type people, like Hubble telescope type people or something. Like maybe there's someone that just films the sky all the time. And some of these people who have done that night after night, you you can actually see them when you look them up. They've That's a thing. But I wonder if it's more of a thing than I'm aware of. If I had been anywhere else, I would have missed it. But a lot of things are like that. Uh, what is it Ferris Bueller says? Uh, life comes at you kind of fast if you don't stop and look around for for a while or if you don't stop and look you just might miss it maybe Ferris was onto something don't skip school kids stay in school (laughs) that's all the time we have I just want to stop and spend a little of it with you I hope whatever you're doing it's going great I hope you're making good grades and uh, I hope you're voice sounds better than mine when it goes to high intonations and then to low intonations but all jokes aside uh shouts out to kenya hey kenya and and all of us here in the uh great red white and blue uh take it easy be kind to yourself be kind to others a little self-love goes a long way um a hot bath possibly a massage if you can afford one don't do anything i wouldn't do (laughs) All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for enjoying the Robert Dow Show podcast. I'm your host, Robert Dow.